Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. from the book of Philippians chapter 4, beginning with first four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in me, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know not, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand as you are able. second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. They paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their cities. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found both good and bad and good. But the wedding, and so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when King, king came in to look, to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? He was speechless. And the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Continue with our hymn, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Christ.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our gospel reading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you invite us to the wedding feast, yet we always make other things more important to time with you. Guide us in your paths, O Lord, and as we gather near the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. It was in 2005, Katie Hosking uh, at that time decided to break up with her fiance. It was only 12 days before the wedding when they made that decision. Along with her parents, she she had uh, reserved this uh, country club, a nearby country club for a reception. Uh, 100, 150 invited guests, the cost at the time was about $6,200. Uh, but the policy for the country club uh, required a 60-day notice uh, for any kind of cancellation. So think about that for a minute, meaning they were on the hook. Uh, they were required to pay the full amount. And so, well, the family decided, let's have a party anyway, right? Uh, and so in place of the wedding guests, uh, they had some family there, but. Katie and her parents said the residents of the Interfaith Family Shelter come out to the country club for a banquet. Uh, and, and with all those people that were there, they, they gathered together, they, they, they feasted and they danced, they, they, they feasted on uh, the, the top round of beef and shrimp and, and salmon and uh, fettuccine and, and all kinds of uh, fruit. Strawberry shortcake was in, in, inserted instead of uh, wedding cake, and, and after the word, they packed up all the food left over and sent it back to the uh, shelter enough to feed them for several more days. When it was over, the almost bride, uh, Katie, said, we had so much fun. In the gospel reading, we heard, then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. That's our text. You know, sitting here uh, in, in church, it's easy to forget how often Jesus not only talked about parties, but he also goes to a lot of parties. Right? I mean, if we were to uh, sort of thumb through the Gospels, we would see how often Jesus was at somebody's party. Uh, Jesus attends a wedding party and he makes more wine for the group. He eats and drinks and parties with sinners. He spoke of parties like the one a father threw for the return of his prodigal son. There are parables like this about the wedding feasts. Uh, there's the, the feast that Jesus had for over 5,000 people. Now, the breakfast of fish uh, for the disciples on the beach after Jesus' resurrection. Then, of course, is the Last Supper. All the feasting is really an image of what lies ahead for you and me, the foretaste of the great feast, that final happiest feast of all, the party in eternity. Jesus invites everyone to that celebration, a party in the presence of God. We have all been invited. Now, we need to remember that this is a parable. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and in our reading, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. So we have two different stories going on here, if you will. 
He sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? I mean, those invited uh, sort of abruptly said, nope, no thank you, I'm sorry, we can't come. I'm not even sure they said, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I know what I would do uh, if someone replied to an invitation that I had sent out, uh, if, saying, if, if they said, no, we, we can't come, like, well, fine, forget it, you're gonna miss out, right? You're gonna miss out on the great food, the excellent wine, the great entertainment that I've got lined up for this event, right? But when their servants report how the invitation was turned out, the king does something very generous and very gracious. He sends them out again. He sends the servants out to give those invited another chance. He sends them with a message telling them how great this feast is going to be. And nothing is more important than the wedding of his son and the feast to follow. They'd be fools to miss out. But unfortunately, the world is full of fools, isn't it? Those invited began to make excuses. The invited guests paid no attention and went about their business. One to his farm, another to his business. Luke's version gives us some of the excuses. I bought a field and I must go out and look at it. Right? Or I bought five pairs of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Or I've just been married and so I cannot come. You know, the rest make it crystal clear they didn't have the slightest interest in the king's invitation and they even attacked the persons bringing the message and even killed some. Don't we all get involved in making excuses? I mean, excuses why we can't do this or go to that event or accept that invitation. I mean, I bet we probably make one excuse a day at least, right? Uh, and in more days, more excuses than we can count. And we can be pre pretty creative, can't we? And thinking about this, I remembered an article that I had read, and it was an article from a company called Career Builders, and they, they took a survey of employers and asked really for the craziest uh, excuse that employees use for sick days. Uh, here's a couple of them. The dog swallowed the employee's car keys, so she was waiting for it all to come out. Or the employee had to reschedule a new manicure because some of the artificial nails fell off. That's a good sick day use, right? Or the employee is not sure how the solar eclipse would affect them, so they thought it'd be safer to stay at home. Yeah. In the parable, those invited might have had good reasons why they couldn't come. Maybe the newly bought field needed attention, or the new team of oxen did need some working out. Or what better a reason for turning down a vacation, wanting to spend an evening home uh, with your new spouse? I mean, it's not, the, it's not the excuses that were given were valid, but how important they were in comparison to the king's invitation. Excuses. You know, people beg off excuses all the time, don't they? I mean, Beethoven could have used his deafness as an excuse, but he felt composing beautiful music was more important. Louis Pasteur, he had paralysis and, and could have had a valid excuse for just you know, giving up everything, right? But he considered his research for penicillin more important. Late Mother Teresa could have used the excuse that it was really hopeless trying to help all the poor and forgotten people of Calcutta because there were so many. But she believed this was God's call for her and what an impact she had. A woman by the name of Doris Taylor, she was severely disabled and, and could have used, e easily used that for an excuse, right? 
but even her crippled body didn't stop her from doing what she considered important, providing meals for the elderly and the sick, and beginning what we know now as Meals for Wheels. It's on the heels of my message last weekend, right? Focusing on the trivial things rather than the things of God. We, always have, we also have to stop and think about what is important and what can waste, right? We have to do this especially when it comes to our relationship with God because Jesus invites us to pray. Is that more important than many of the things that fill up our life and take up our time? We're called into the church, the body of Christ, here in our baptism. Can there be anything more important than gathering like this and, and hearing our, what our Heavenly Father has to say to us through His Word or, or receiving the strength and guiding us through hearing and reading or, or celebrating together as uh, the fellowship of believers uh, uh, the, the, this amazing love that God has for each and every one of us. Many of you have been blessed with children. Can there be anything more important than teaching them about Jesus by word and by example? Because really, in the big scheme of things, their success now pales in comparison to where they spend eternity. I mean, we're busy people. I, I get that. I mean, we, we have our work, our leisure time, our families. We, we have a whole list of excuses we could give. But hasn't the king sent you and me an invitation? to join in the celebration, to follow Jesus who is the only one who can restore our friendship with God, to put aside everything that would jeopardize our future in God's kingdom now and in eternity. I mean, we all have our worries, I get it, and we all have our troubles, but doesn't Jesus remind us there is nothing more important than serving one another in love or visiting the sick, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, helping those who have fallen on tough times. Jesus is saying in this parable that those invited may have had really good reasons why they couldn't accept, but there's really, there's no good reason, no reason good enough or important enough to ignore the king. Now, I get it. I mean, the, the killing king's response to the put-off by those invited is nothing short of violent, isn't it? I mean, we saw that in the parable last week of the vineyard owner who rented out his property, only wanted some of the harvest, but the tenants beat his servants, killed his son, and the vineyard owner put those wretches to a miserable death. And today, Jesus said, after they beat up and killed the servants who brought the king's invitation, the king was angry and sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their city. Why is the king so angry? He should have known better. These were the, the beautiful of society, right? The, the rich, the noble, the well-educated, the well-dressed, the famous, the, the, those who drove expensive cars, I'm excuse me, carts, right? Uh, those uh, uh, who had, had the, whose presence would have made the, 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 the wedding glamorous. But get their priorities all wrong. Like last week, focusing on the trivial things. Jesus made the king's response to this parable so violent and awful to show how dead wrong they had been to snub the king. The king had invited them and graciously invited them again and again to attend. We push them away. This just shows that there is a judgment and they are condemned. 
mean, this is the reality of God's generosity. There is an end. There is judgment coming. There is a day of judgment coming. Now the king at that point goes to plan B. He called the servants and said to them, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Therefore go to the main roads, invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. Hear that important detail? The good and the bad alike were invited. Now that fits very well with the kind of person Jesus is, doesn't it? He didn't hesitate to be, get close to the lepers, to welcome the prostitutes, to eat with the tax collectors, to uh, show mercy to the outcasts and sinners, and to uh, praise the misguided and then morally uh, degenerate, right? I mean, these people obviously did not hesitate to come to the feast. I mean, Jesus goes out of his way to make those winners out of life's losers. You know, bad people aren't the problem. After all, Jesus died on the cross for that, for that sin. Jesus doesn't snub the bad and invite the good. He invites all. Right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how terrible you have been or how unworthy you think you are to come into God's presence. That's not a problem. God's kingdom is for sinners. Jesus loves us. Jesus died for us. He forgives us. Paul reminds us in Romans, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there you have it, a banquet hall filled with, with the old men who live under bridges or the, the kids on, on, on drugs or uh, single parents that can barely uh, cope with their children. Uh, those who have lost everything in bad business deals, the, the drunks, the addicts, the, the disabled, the misfits, the, Jesus says with this great satisfaction, the wedding hall was filled with people. Even though these people were losers in the world's eyes and sinners in the eyes of religious people, they were winners as far as the king was concerned. Why? Because they did not turn down the invitation. They hadn't made up all kinds of excuses and why they couldn't attend. They came trusting the king, believing that they would be accepted even though they didn't deserve it, and looking forward to being there. You know, the king is enjoying this event, and, and there's this other uh, little sub-story here where, where the king looks across the banquet hall, and he sees a splendid crowd of people. We can presume uh, that they've been given appropriate clothes to wear, uh, because uh, uh, the, the, that's, that's what you had in that day. You had the wedding garments that you wore to a wedding feast um, and, and uh, replacing the dirty, crumpled clothes that, with, 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 the, with the wonderful wedding garments. But the king notices one guy who stands out, whose clothes, much less maybe the odor, sort of fills the, 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 the space. And he says, friend, how did you get in here? without the wedding garment. You see, the man had no right to be there dressed the way that he was. To be part of the feast, he needed the right clothes, the clothes given to him by the king. And that is what God has done for you and me, hasn't he? He has made it possible for you and me to come into his presence. Dying on the cross, he has dealt with the filth of sin that sticks to us. He replaced our, our guilt-stained clothing with, with, with ones that are clean and pure. He has given us a fresh start 
that with new lives that are covered with his righteousness. So there you've got it. You have a banquet filled with sinners, ordinary people from this tree, people who've been invited, and God is incredibly gracious, generous, and freely inviting all sinful people, and even clothing them for the celebration. Well, for many of us, we've been clothed in baptism, haven't we? We've been invited again and again and again by the king. A lot of times we like making excuses. We don't want to take time to be with the king. Sometimes we prefer our sin-stained clothing rather than the beautiful wedding garment of the king. We sin each day, and each day we need to come to him into his presence for, with repentance. But thank God that he is a God that is full of grace and mercy. And so, my friends, rejoice today. Jesus Christ has died for you. He rose for you. He reigns for you. He clothes you in baptism. He forgives you with his word of forgiveness. He feeds you with his body and blood and his supper. And the banquet hall is here. And you are the honored guest. So let's enjoy the blessings of the king. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.